Walk in Your Excellence. I am your host, Sean Larry, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of Walk in Your Excellence. I love a good TV show. I grew up watching Cosby Show, A Different World, Martin, uh, In Living Color, Living Single, Fresh Prince. Um, and one of my shows that I, I, I couldn't wait to watch was the Jamie Foxx show, surprisingly. Jamie Foxx was a comedian, or is a comedian rather, uh, an actor, a singer. He did so many things on that show and it was really inspiring to me at a point in my life where I was trying to figure out who I was. But he proved on that show that he was a jack of all trades. Shortly after Jamie Foxx's birth, he was adopted and as the superstar he is today, he has often acknowledged his grandmother's influence as one of the greatest reasons for his success. Today's guest has a story that everyone needs to hear. His natural talents have led him to become very successful and multifaceted individual. Will Dennis is an educator, an entrepreneur, an author, a consultant, a role model, and a community activist, but so much more. He is a graduate of Penn State and a member of some of the most prestigious organizations in our country. He is the Chief Operating Officer at G&Co Apparel, which we will definitely hear more about during this episode, and a member of the greatest fraternity, the Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Please join me in welcoming my brother, Will Dennis. What's going on? What's going on, Sean? Going Larry, on, thanks so much for inviting me to the show. I'm excited to, to engage in conversation, man. Yes, How have you been, man? I'm it's been, good. I'm good, man. man. I'm uh, hanging in there. For no, everyone that don't know, man, me and Sean go back to you know yes. 2007. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're both members of Phi Beta Sigma and, you know, the college days, the college years, man. So it's great to reconnect with you. You know, we've all gone through our stages of life from college to our apprenticeships and and Mm -hmm. just now in in, in the stage of our lives where the the person that we are now is the person that we're going to be. So it's good to reconnect. And and, and it's great to have you. It's great to have you here, man. It's it's so interesting to see how our lives have changed and crossed paths. And like for the past decade, almost more, more than a decade now, like we have watched each other grow we've mm-hmm. seen each other brand each other we both became authors and um i'm excited to jump into this convo but be- before we even get into the amazing things that you are contributing to the world i want you to first tell us who you are who is dennis mm. uh who is will dennis will dennis so it's fine um <laughs> will dennis is a product of the foster care system he is a person that never looked back on when the the, the the chips were stacked against him, he was someone that looked into all the positives of all his situations and realized that this too shall pass. He's a person who is passionate about his community around him. He's passionate about giving back, and he's also passionate for working for himself. Um, he's also passionate about you know helping others um, as a consultant. You know, we uh, we work with other businesses to help them become better. Mm-hmm. So when you see these businesses promote these commercials and are, are making all these, you know, profit margins, they don't talk about, hey, you know, Accenture or Cognizant or Capco were brought in. Mm-hmm. And we like to be at the back burner for a lot of these companies' growth. Uh, so that's, that's nice. yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's you. Awesome. Now, you mentioned something that I definitely can't let, let go just now. And it's about your childhood. You've you've had an interesting childhood, and you briefly touched on it just now in your intro about being a product of the foster care system. Tell me about that. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I'm I'm the oldest of four. Mm-hmm. I have two brothers and a sister. Um, in '99, my myself and my two brothers were taken away from our mom's home and, and placed into foster care for for two and a half years. And we uh, we stayed in the Bronx, but it was uh, a little further from where my mom stayed. And we stayed with a woman, myself and uh, my youngest brother Kevin. Uh, we were together, and then my my second oldest Anthony, he has cerebral palsy, so they put him in like a, a respite or a respite home for individuals that have. Um, 
disabled uh, d- disabilities. Mm-hmm. So me and Kevin stayed with this woman named Maria Serrano, and uh, you know it started going you know really well, and then soon it started to be really taxing on both of us to the point where you know her checks, the checks that would come for us to use so that we can you know get clothes and all that stuff, where she was spending it on her son. So, you know, there were some Christmases where, you know, he would get Jordans and we'll get nothing or, mm-hmm. you know, he'll get new clothes for school and we'll get hand-me-downs and stuff like that. And as a result, you know, you get teased and picked on and, you know, things of that nature. So the the seventh and eighth grade years were, were kind of rough. Uh, I was very shy. I was very, you know, to myself and, you know, I was very depressed. Um, I was diagnosed with clinical depression and it was something that um, really affected me to the point where, you know, I had no one to really talk to mm-hmm. and, you know, Back then and even now, you know, you have that stigma of depression where if you try to tell certain people that you have it, they either say, you know, man up or, you know, pray, you know, because God doesn't like, you know, depressed people or, you know, they say things other than, hey, maybe you need to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a kid, I remember telling my friends at the time that I have clinical depression, they laughed. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. we don't believe you. You know, you just, you just you're just doing that to get attention. And it wasn't until... I think a couple of years ago, they actually was like, oh, wow, you really had this thing. Oh, you know, we're sorry. So, but the silver lining of it was that I feel that if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have gone to the junior high school and high school that I went to. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have gone to Penn State and probably wouldn't have been here, mm-hmm. you know. So, although it was a dark time in my life, it reminds me that nothing can get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me that it's always, you know, you, you need to humble yourself and be resilient um, because things can happen tomorrow. You know, we didn't expect in 99, October 22nd, 99, that our lives would change, for, for, you know, our lives would change forever. And when I look back on it, you know, it was, very, it was a very sad moment, but um, it, it allowed for growth in myself, my brother, and especially my mom. Um, we got back with her in 2001, and, you know, ever since we've been just growing as a family, and, you know, Sometimes it takes those negative uh, instances to induce some positive in in people's lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you first for being so vulnerable and transparent and sharing that story with us. Um, I want to, and and I'm so happy that the the outcome of all of that is now positive. Um, What, talk to me a little bit about the things that you do to pull yourself out of those darkest moments. Like when you, if you were to put yourself back into the moments in which you were depressed, um, what are the things or what advice can you give to people who are dealing with depression, whether it's clinically diagnosed or it's not. I think that there are more people who are out here who are not clinically diagnosed, honestly, um, who are dealing with depression uh, and feeling like there's no way out. How do you deal and what is, how do you make, how do you pull Will out? Uh, and it's something I still struggle with. You know, there's times where, where I'll get a mood swing and, you know, I'll go from being the person that you know and see to mm-hmm. to myself, very quiet, very docile. And the first thing I do is I write down these thoughts and then I look at them and think to myself, is this warranted? Why am I feeling this way? Is this warranted? And if it's not, I know that, all right, maybe I need to calm down. Maybe I need to write or listen to music or, or work out or something like that. Something to take my mind off my mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you sometimes your biggest enemy can be yourself. Yeah. Sometimes we, we tend to be overthinkers. And e- e- if you are a person who uh, pays attention to detail and someone who's very a perfectionist, mm-hmm. any little thing can affect your psyche, whether it is, you know, you know, getting a bad review at work or, you know, getting a bad, you know, an argument with someone, you know, you may think. You know, you, you know that it's something that will benefit you. you know, when you get a bad review at work, it's not done to tear you down. It's right. d- d- 
it's to build you up. Yeah. But when you have this mental illness, sometimes it can be something that you think will tear you tear you down. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why one of the one of the things I do is I write. You know, I, I got a, a a subpar performance review this past year, and. And I, I looked at it and I wrote it down. And instead of saying, "Yo, you know, maybe this ain't cut out for me," I was like, "Okay, I, they're not. They're points of uh, points of feedback where I know that I can ben- I can benefit from it and learn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not saying, "Hey, you're a terrible consultant or you're bad." It's like, "No, you're really good. It's just you have to work on X, Y, and Z." And, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, I put that on my wall in my in my, in my room, and I have that on my wall at, at my desk at work. And every day, you know, I'm gonna check those boxes to make sure that I'm doing those things so that next year." You know, I'll, I'll get that that stunning performance review that I know that I can expect for myself. Yeah. Um, another thing is, it's not there's nothing wrong with seeking therapy. Mm. Um, a lot of people think, oh, I'm not crazy, I'm mm-hmm. not this, I'm not that. But mm-hmm. you know, therapists are people that they know the right questions to ask. They know um, how to work with different types of personalities and feelings, mm-hmm. and things really got better once I started going to therapy. Yeah. You know, when I went when I went to therapy, you know, she was telling me, "Hey, you got to establish closure." Because up until then, I that kid that was in foster care was lied dormant inside me. So although I was still doing great things and and, and still doing this, when I came home, I was very I was just like to myself and I wasn't that happy go lucky person. Mm-hmm. It's it's like that that image you see of a person that has a sad face, but he has that mask. He mm-hmm. has that the smiling mask, mm-hmm. and it's like you take it off and you see the tears, but you put it back on because you have to do that show because you don't want people to see you in that light. Yeah. You don't want to be vulnerable because of how people may perceive you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 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 again, therapy is something that you know it really benefits me. So that's that that's one A. Mm-hmm. So one A is you know seeking therapy, talking to people, even even if it's friends. Mm-hmm. And then also educating folks. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that don't understand what it means to have a mental illness. They don't understand what it means to live in that light. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just think, oh, man up or pray or this or that. Or they don't know how to act when you have a, a mood swing. Mm-hmm. So educating your friends and your, your, cl- your loved ones. Like, hey, you know, if I have a mood swing, you know, here's, here's how I would like for you to deal with it. Like, don't. Don't give me any added attention. Don't do this. Don't do that. I mean, and obviously those those steps vary from person to person. But if they can understand, you know, they don't have to help you, but they can they can. It's better to have it's better to be transparent and have them know what you're going through versus them wondering and yeah. them thinking, oh, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I'm in a mood swing, you know, I've told my girlfriend, hey. I'm in a mood swing right now, and she's like, okay, you know, I'll let you to yourself and things of that nature. She doesn't probe. She's that's what's going on. And when I'm over the mood swing, I'll explain what happened and, you know, how I felt and things of that nature. And, you know, we have a, a nice dialogue. Yeah. You know, but it, it takes time. It's not something that you can do with everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can do with certain people at this very moment. But you, you have to take time to, to do that. And once you, once you, your friends, and your loved ones know what you're going through and are supportive of you, mm-hmm. it's much more easier to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that, Will. And so there are, um, I want to talk a little bit about some of your accomplishments, right? Yeah. And so like throughout, I heard about the clinical depression, I heard about the foster care, 
man, the, just that alone has the potential to break a lot of people. But you didn't let any of that stop you and have accomplished so much that I'm proud of. Um, we both share one identity of being black male authors. Uh, I want to get a different perspective on your journey and how you got there. Um, I recently had something come across my phone that just inspired the hell out of me, to be quite honest. Um, it was one of my friends who I went to grad school with uh, this past year. And he texted me. He's like, hey, yo, what's up? Where are you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm at home. He said, I have a picture to show you. And so he sent me this picture. He's on the train. Um, and he, it, the picture is of a young woman, white woman, who has my book in her hand on the train. And I, like, was flabbergasted. Like, so in shock. Wow. So, like, I don't I don't even, I can't even describe how it felt. But, like, my whole life flashed before my eyes in that magical moment because I was like, I made it. Like, someone random literally has my book on the train. Super, super random, super crazy. How did you go from being a content creator, right, in your head or on your computer to you as well sharing my experience of having your book in the hands of somebody else? Well, you know, so so uh, my book is a book of poetry, mm-hmm. and it, it's something that it's – the the process of, of of selling a book as a poet is more organic mm-hmm. in the sense that it's when you go to a bookstore you don't ask for poetry books no. you know you look for novels you look mm-hmm. for autobiographies mm-hmm. for us as poets to sell books it's more on a performance basis mm-hmm. so like if I perform at New Yorkian Poets Cafe mm-hmm. and I perform and I get a, a good reception hey guys I have a book or if I have it in, on me here I have it on sale in the back um, it's a little one, it adds to that per- personal touch. Mm-hmm. You know, you, them not only seeing your work, but they can feel your work to the point where they're like, all right, I'm going to buy this person's book. Mm-hmm. Um, because poetry, the beauty of poetry is the fact that if I read a poem and you read the same poem, how we read it may, may dictate yeah. the, the emotion mm-hmm. and the cadence of the piece. Mm-hmm. And it, it may also dictate the, the, uh, what the poem's about. And that's the beauty of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it the process was just getting a lot of, you know, the poems that I've written, are, are, you know, from the age of 13 uh, when I started in foster care and, you know, uh, putting them into a manuscript and shopping it around. And I, I found a publisher, 1209 Publishing. Shout out to Sonia Hudson. And she took my manuscript and, and put it to life. Yeah. You know, she helped me design the cover. And, you know, she was, she was very um, responsible for me, you know, being an author Mm -hmm. and it's still astonishing um oftentimes we don't really sit back and appreciate our accomplishments Mm -hmm. but when someone says hey you know you know you know it 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 hasn't hit me that i am an author Mm -hmm. that i'm a published poet Mm -hmm. um and it's something that is very humbling because my grandfather was a published poet Mm -hmm. uh, down in south carolina uh, walter dennis the dixie drifter that was his that was his name and uh uh he was such a big influence of my life and he passed away in 2009 and I knew that I wanted to do something in the arts space to make him proud. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got my first hard copy of the book, I sat there and cried. Yeah. I'm just like, I yeah. sat there and cried, and I got home, and I put my book next to his. I'm just like, I hope you're proud of me. Yeah. You know, so um, that was a crazy journey, and, you know, it's, 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 it's also crazy that I would get some residual book sales mm-hmm. even all after all these years mm-hmm. like w- last month I, I sold a book i was like wow people are still on amazon yeah. looking for this book yeah you know so it's 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 a great it's a crazy journey but for for us it's like you know performing and, and getting that 
you have to have a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just say, hey, I came up with a book. You have to have people that know your work, know what you're mm-hmm. capable of, know you as a person. And then when you put it out, you know, those that know you will organically buy it. But then those that have heard of you or are just curious because it's just a different book of poetry based on the content will also buy and support as well. Yeah, yeah. And what has been like, can you identify one of your biggest challenges being being a poet of, being a, a, an author in the specific genre of poetry that is like, not as well respected as some of the more um, mainstream genres. Well, you know, we we can't like I I can't sit there and say, hey, let me do a book signing or let mm-hmm. me park my you know park at Barnes and Noble or you know like for example when you had your when you had your event mm-hmm. like it's for a poet it's kind of harder to do that because yeah. we're so we're such a performance driven genre. Mm-hmm. You know, as a poet, people want to see what you're made of yeah. if you are a performance poet. And since I started out as a spoken word poet, mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather them hear hear my emotion, hear the words that have been scribed onto the text. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to sell a lot of books unless, you know, that performance piece doesn't happen. Like, I remember we d- I did a, uh, a book fair with Delta Sigma Theta, mm-hmm. Sorority Incorporated, in Brooklyn a couple years ago. And... I think I didn't, I didn't sell many books until they asked me to perform. Mm. And after I performed, people came over like, hey. Yeah. And I, yeah. I went from selling maybe one or two books, and I sold like 15 or 16 that day, all because they, they heard me and, and heard my story and heard some of the pieces that I performed. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's that performance piece that separates a poetry book from prose. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for that. And so... In addition to being an author, you are an, uh, well, first, folks, you can't see this, but this man is one of the most fashionable men on the face of the planet. Um, and we have to talk about some of the great things that you're doing um, in the world of fashion, particularly with your business. Um, you are an entrepreneur. You have this company. Tell me where the concept came from. How is it currently impacting you, impacting the world? Walk us through. Sure. So uh, the company is called Co Apparel. It started in uh, April of 2016, and it was founded by Terrence Truitt, who is also a member of Phi Beta Sigma, um, based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, he's the founder and CEO. And it started out as Gentleman and Company. And Gentleman and Company was a subscription box service for men's accessories. Mm-hmm. So what that means is, for a flat fee a month, we will mail you a box with a tie, a pocket square, a lapel pin, a tie bar, um, or any lifestyle items like soap and beard balm and things of that nature mm-hmm. um we do this and then um so you know the business started in april 2016 and i went to an event and i saw a gentleman in company box sitting there i was like yo that is dope mm-hmm. what is this and um leon hampton um who's also a fraternity brother of mine, yeah <laughs> he um he was like yeah this is called gentleman and company um this is um my neo out out in Cincinnati, man, you guys should link up. He's looking for brand ambassadors. So I'm like, yeah, cool, bet. So I hit him up, hit up Terrence. I was like, hey, Terrence, I'm interested in being a brand ambassador. I love what, you, what you're doing, X, Y, and Z. And he said, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, here's the code. Here's, all you need to do is, you know, promote on social media, wear the items, obviously, and, you know, help build the brand. And me being, in, in, you know, in a larger market such as New York and me having, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not suiting my own. I have a good amount of you know, following on social media. Me wearing the items, people are like, where do you get that from? Where do you get that from? What's going on here? Blah, 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 blah. And people started to think it was my company. I was like, no, it's not mine. It's Terrence's and things of that nature. And more people were signing on and things were moving. And I started to have 
I started to take more of an interest into the company. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, Terrence, like, how about, how about we do this? How about we do that? Um, and then in December of 2016, he sent me a text like, hey, man, I would love if you could join the team. You know, it's just, it's, you know, he started out with four people and three of them just like left them mm-hmm. because they, maybe they weren't confident or they didn't have faith in the business. So he was like, yo, I would love if you, if you can come on board and be a part of this. And I was like, yeah, bet. You know, so since December of 2016, I've been COO. Uh, Gene and Peril, uh, we pride ourselves on three pillars. Mm-hmm. The first being community. So a portion of each and every sale goes to the creation of a scholarship. Um, we launched our scholarship program this January. Uh, where uh, we're, uh, we launched our application process where we're going to give two students uh, $500 for college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to some that might not be a lot, but I know for me that was books mm-hmm. for a semester, mm-hmm. you know. So the goal is to start this small and, and to build it up. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can get to the point where we're giving out 1000 and 1500 and 2000 and, and, and so on and so forth. But we, we do that in hopes that people can support the brand more and in turn their, their purchase helps underrepresented youth. Yeah. Um, the second pillar is, you know, fashion. Uh, we pride ourselves on being a fashion, being fashion forward, and we pride ourselves on having affordable prices. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go to Macy's and find a tie, a pocket square, a pal, and a tie bar for twenty eight dollars. No, you can't. You cannot. <laughs> you know, so we pride ourselves on the fact that our boxes are twenty eight, mm-hmm. and if you go on our website and see just our individual accessories, our ties are twenty, our lapel pins are ten, mm-hmm. our pocket squares are fifteen. You know, and it's just as quality as you know the ones you see at Macy's and the ones the ones at Men's Warehouse. If you're paying all these mo- all this money for a suit, you shouldn't hit yourself over the head with the prices for your accessories mm-hmm. because the, your accessories is what makes a suit, um, you know, more stylish. Mm-hmm. Like I'm wearing this blue blazer, and I you know if I didn't have this lapel pin and, and this pocket square, probably just like a plain blue blazer. Facts. But add, but adding this little panache to, to, to the look just mm-hmm. aids to the look. It's similar to when you have your outfit and you put on a fitted hat. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, it just adds that look. It's that, it's that, it's that coup de grace, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So that's the second pillar. And the third pillar is collaboration. So we like to partner with different black-owned businesses to pr- promote their items in our boxes and do that cross-cultivation of audiences. Mm-hmm. So you know, in the past, we've worked with products such as the Bowtie Billionaire, who's a beard oil company out in Minnesota. We've worked with Urban Eden, which is a soap company down in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, soon we're working with uh, Elip Care, which is a, it started out as a, um, they sell, they sold, you know, lip products, mm-hmm. so lip balm and, and chapstick and things of that nature, but they's not, they're now moving into fragrance. So we're going to sell fragrance samples in one of our boxes, nice. cologne samples. Nice. Um, and then the second pillar of Co Apparel is our uh, apparel. Um, we, we sell a lot of pro-black shirts for men, women, and children. Mm-hmm. So um, those are the two, you know, silos of Gianco Apparel. And the business has ha- has gone really well. And I think the reason why is because, one, we have a good team behind us. It's not only just myself and Terrence. We have uh, brand ambassadors. Mm-hmm. We have um, designers who design our shirts. Shout out to Ayana and Naeem. Um, and, we, you know, again, we have our brand ambassadors that wear the product and promote the product. Shout out, shout out to Joelle. Shout out to Naheem. Shout mm-hmm. out to Raisa. Those are the folks that, you know, they wear our product and are just as prideful in it as us. And mm-hmm. they help us find opportunities to promote the brand more, whether it's a pop-up shop or, hey, can you be a sponsor for uh, for this event? Mm-hmm. And even if, you know, we, we don't get that many sales from it, that exposure is always key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good, man. It's so so inspiring to hear that. As you know, like walking your excellence, I'm um, going to definitely 
Walking Your Access is not just a podcast. It's not just going to be a T-shirt line, but it's 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 more of a movement. Like when I want people, to, when I have them wear this this shirt, I want them to exude the sort of excellence that you just shared uh, that your company is doing, having pillars, having values, having something to stand for. And so I appreciate that. I want to shift gears a little bit because this is new news to me. I'm happy for you. You are in a amazing new successful relationship, um, and you were on a dating app. And so I haven't had any guests share their experience, which is a thing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm on a couple of dating apps. There's a whole section dedicated on my iPhone for dating apps, um, single and ready to mingle, if you're listening out there. Talk to us a little bit about your experience um, on a dating app, which I think is some people are like, oh, do I do it? Like, are people looking for one thing, but they was, something else is different? Just tell me about your experience there. Sure. So um, shout out to Sydney. That's my... Um, I hope I'm not getting him in trouble with Sydney. I'm, I'm putting nah. him on a spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's my beautiful girlfriend. Um, and yeah, we met on a dating app. We um, So I've had, you know, my fair share of failures on dating apps. Mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. it, there was a point where I was like, hey, you know, I'm done with this, man. Let me just do the normal, <laughs> you know, thing of going mm-hmm. out and meeting folks. But, you know, it's hard to go out and meet folks when all you do is work. Facts. You know, you know? so... Um, I was in Mexico for my LB's wedding, mm-hmm. um, and uh, his best man, Steven, was like, hey, man, there's this dating app called Coffee Meets Bagel. And I was like, well, no, what is that? And he said, it's an app where, you know, like for most apps, you can you can swipe left and right all day. Mm-hmm. With these, you can only swipe left or right maybe like 10 or 11 times. Mm-hmm. And Wow, I would definitely, that's right. like so I would lose. Right, so <laughs> you swipe left or right 10, 11 times, you can see who swiped on you, and you can just choose whether or not you want to swipe on them. And what I like about the app is, one, when you when you create your account, they ask you for like three facts or three icebreaker questions. Mm-hmm. And when you connect with someone, you can see one of their icebreaker, or yeah, icebreaker facts, and mm-hmm. you can use that to break the ice. Like when I connected with Sydney, it was, it was, hey, you know, me and my mom were on the Oprah show. So when I kind of was like, oh, tell me about the Oprah show. Nice. And that's how it started. Um, and the second caveat about why the app is so successful is that a, the chats expire in a week. Oh, wow. So you have There's seven days. Right, you have seven <laughs> days to make a connection, to share you know, personal information. Mm-hmm. And if not, the chat expires and you just lost that person's contact information. Wow. So uh, me and Sydney connected on the app in around January, February of um, 2017. And, you know, we share we share numbers and then, you know, we started going on dates and, you know, she's really amazing. And um, what I like about what I like about these apps is the fact that one, they they stress the law of attraction. Mm. You know, um, you're going to swipe right and swipe left based on who you find attractive. Yeah. And then you weed those people out based on their personality. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a oh, this person, I don't think they're attractive, but they have a great personality. It's it's. She has both. both. Yeah. You know, so I, I like that aspect of it. Nice. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that experience. Um, what's next for you? Like you got, you feel like your, your hands are on a lot of things and you, you know, definitely are a man of many talents. What do you, what is your ultimate like vision for yourself? That's a great question. Um, right now, my, my short goals are to build my career mm-hmm. as a, I'm a senior consultant at a fintech consulting firm. So. I, I do have a lot of a lot of opportunities to grow there as yeah. a project manager, and right now I'm I'm on a project with a a, a bank and a global bank, and if this project really goes well, it can really launch my career to to, to new heights to the point where they might poach me mm-hmm. and, and I'll be an employee of the bank. So yeah. I'm just I'm just hoping for that, I'm hoping to go back to school and get my MBA. Nice. Um, 
so those are those are two of the the short term goals. But long term goals, I want, I want to work for myself. Yeah, I hear you, you know, I want to get to the point where G and Cole blows up, and it's it's now that premier brand. And me and Terrence can sit back with our stogies yeah. and uh, sit back on vacation. It's like, yo, like, can you believe we st- we start we started from, you know, two boys from Gary, Indiana. You know, we start we started from, you know, as Drake says, started from the bottom. Now we're here, yeah. and um, I want to get to that point where we we can get there. Mm-hmm. You know, where like this this affordable company that people think are you know it's just affordable it's twenty dollars, but. If we get 500 people to subscribe, that's yeah. that's that's huge, yeah. you know. So yeah. you know we're on our way, and but that's that's the goal that we both have. That's awesome. That's awesome. And tell us, well, how do you walk in your excellence every day? Uh, I walk in my excellence every day by one paying it forward and giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the the huge pillars that I hold for myself is giving back to our community. So whether it is educating, whether it is mentoring, whether it is you know, just talking to, to the youth, that's one way that I welcome my excellence because if you have all of these qualities encapsulated in yourself with no one to share it with, mm. then it's a waste. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, as a kid from the inner city, I was taught these by mentors. So now that I have all this all this information, I want to be able to pay it forward and pass that baton. Mm-hmm. Because the change that we seek may not happen in our generation, it may not happen in the next generation, but if we keep the baton going similar to a relay race, we will get there. Mm-hmm. Yes, awesome. And where can we find you, Will? Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Poetic Sigma or at Gianco Apparel. That's G A N D C O A P P A R E L. You can find me on Facebook, Will Dennis. Um, you could find my book on Amazon, Welcome to My Realm Words of a Man Raised in an Urban Jungle. Um, you can find us at www.giancoapparel.com. Um, we're, we're always having sales. You know, if you sign up, for a subscription with your with the code debonair you get your first box for ten dollars you can't find it anywhere so yeah. awesome wow i'm ready to sign up that sounds awesome man well well i want to thank you for coming out and sharing your story from uh, everything from foster care to clinical depression to an amazing relationship uh, and all the the great things that you're doing for our community i appreciate and applaud you and i'm super proud of you brother i thank you man yeah. i thank you for provi- well thank you for just being you thank you for providing this space to talk about it man it, yeah. it's 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 good when you invited me. I was very honored because it shows that you know I don't I don't do what I do for any recognition. Mm-hmm. I don't do it for, you know, hey, I'm here. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. And it shows that people are watching and people want to know that story. And for someone like yourself who has known me for all these different phases mm-hmm. from college to starting out my career mm-hmm. to more season to where I'm at now, it's good that you know we're able to connect and we're able to talk about these things. Yeah, 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 man, awesome. Well, you guys heard it here first. Will Dennis, the author, the community leader, the businessman. Thanks for listening in. This is your host, Sean Larry. And until next episode, define who you are, follow your passion, speak your truth, be unapologetically you, and always remember to walk in your excellence. Walk in Your Excellence is recorded at Necessary Studios in New York City. Produced by myself, Maya, and Nikki. Follow us on Instagram at NEC Studios. I'm your host, Sean Larry. You can find me on Instagram at Formula22 at Walk in Your Excellence. Tag the hashtag Walk in Your Excellence and visit my website, www.seanlarry.com. That's S E A N L A R R Y. Define who you are, follow your passion, speak your truth, be unapologetically you, and always remember to walk in your excellence.